0: My identity is ever-changing and ever-growing. I'm learning new things about myself every single day.
1: Hello, welcome back to Speaking Queerly, a podcast hosted by Kaleidoscope Youth Center, an LGBT youth center located in Columbus, Ohio. I'm Mallory, I use she, her pronouns, and I'm the civic engagement and advocacy manager here at KYC. And
2: I'm Daria, I use she, they pronouns, and I'm the Ohio GSA network manager here at KYC.
1: So normally we spend this time doing a little bit of a banter to hopefully reel people in, entice people to listen to our very exciting podcast, I know. But (laughs) we want to give all of the attention to our guests today on Speaking Queerly. I'll let Daria take it away because they're the expert. This is the peak of my career.
2: So when we were planning for like who we would want on the podcast, what like ideas we have for the podcast, different topics, everything like that. Um, I was dreaming big again, I'm a Pisces. So I was just dreaming up. I was up in the clouds and I was thinking like, Oh my goodness, I would love to have this amazing queer TikToker come on our podcast. It would be amazing and wonderful and fantastic. Violet Stanza. Um, and so on a whim,
1: which Oh I yes. Replied, who? <laughs> <laughs> like, I trust you, but who? Who? And um, oh. And then I was enlightened to the joy that is Violet Stanza.
2: Yes. Um, and so just on a whim, it was a very impulsive, like we were having these conversations in the morning, went online. Um, and then I actually managed to like get in contact. Um, and so that is who we have here for you today. I, I feel like we should drop
1: the video of this call of like <gasps> you being on the phone. Oh, or-
2: I work at Kaleidoscope Youth Center in Columbus, Ohio. Um, We're a youth center for um, people ages 12 to 20. Um, I can give you way more details on it, but we were just talking about, we're doing a podcast for um, Women's History Month, and we were just wondering if you'd want to be on it. It was embarrassing because I wasn't prepared to like actually be able to like (laughs) interact with her. So it was really bad. And I was such a fangirl and it was so like
1: ridiculous, but I'll hold it together more for the podcast today. And honestly, we're all going to be fangirling after this episode. So let's just, (laughs) let's just, let's just talk to Violet. So we
2: have a very special guest with us today. Um, with us, we have Violet Stanza, who uses she, they pronouns. Um, and she is a New York performance artist and content creator. Through her work um, in the arts, she hopes to give a voice to those whose stories aren't often in the spotlight. After graduating with a BFA in musical theater and a minor in communications in May of 2022, Violet dove headfirst into the New York arts scene and has spent the last year exploring opportunities from music directing to acting to modeling and perhaps her favorite, writing and performing her own original music. Her first songwriting attempt began... Her first songwriting attempts began at age three, and now at age 22, she's written, recorded, and produced four singles, entirely independent, which are streamable wherever music is available. Her music ranges from bedroom pop to indie rock, though labeling her songs genres always seemed a little trivial to her. Um, She's also a trained singer whose instrumental arsenal currently includes viola, guitar, piano, ukulele, and violin. She also thoroughly enjoys working in theater as a music director and sound designer. And their work in these spaces centers around highlighting their cast's natural voices and abilities. She is a firm believer that everyone deserves to bring their authentic selves to every single rehearsal room. When she's not working on her music, leading our rehearsal room at a shoot or at her or at her stylist job, she can often be found making content for her viral social media channels, ranging from her stylish get ready with get ready with me's, which are some of my favorite, <laughs> to advocating for trans rights and encouraging queer youth to step into her power so thank thank you so much for coming here and being with us
1: today we're so happy to have you um full disclosure when daria proposed this idea the like oh maybe we should have violet on the podcast um daria and like one other person who is part of our podcast team they were like yeah and i was like who <laughs> we're gonna have because i'm like very much not on the TikTok, which is embarrassing but ever since then i've been following you and i have to admit yes i i absolutely am hooked on your get ready with me videos as well um thank yeah well, well welcome to the podcast
0: thank you so much i'm so happy to be spending this morning with you all it's gonna be a blast and a half
1: <laughs> blast and a half i love it well we hope we live up to those expectations Um, so speaking of getting ready with me, um, one of the questions, you know, one of the questions we always start off with is an add on question, just a fun, get to know you type question. And because Daria and I could not decide on one, we want to hear both questions, both (laughs) answers from you. So we'll start with one and then go into the other. Um, my question is inspired by your get ready with me videos. And that is, what is an article of clothing that you wore as a kid, or maybe it was a go-to outfit that you wore as a kid that just made you feel so confident? It was your go-to, like your comfort item. What was was that for you?
0: So I have like two answers for this. As a kid, it was this yellow like henley sweater with green buttons it was my favorite sweater i insisted that like yellow was my favorite color and it just like brought me a lot of joy because it was such a bright piece of clothing and i didn't have like a lot of super bright clothes as like a young boy um so it was like it brought me a lot of joy to be like oh, i got my yellow sweater um and then ironically i kind of like regressed in like middle school when i like you know like you get into middle school and you get introduced to like society and you realize that people might judge you for things um i was like i got really scared to wear yellow and i like totally repented the color yellow like wouldn't wear it for years um that's changed i've re-embraced yellow however if i were to give this answer like today like my comfort item of clothing i have this jacket that is the trans pride flag colors it's pink white and blue and it's like nylon it's bright it has it's like bejeweled and encrusted. Um, it's like a 80s sports coat vibe and it's cozy and it's like a windbreaker. It's a very versatile piece of clothing. Um, but it brings me a lot of joy to wear that. And you'll find me wearing it oftentimes, very, very frequently.
2: I love that. That's wonderful. Have you, have you worn that in
1: one of your Get Ready With Me? I feel like...
0: Oh, can... yes. yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> True fan right here um stereo, what was your go-to article then um
2: when I was like 12 I was like the and this was middle school so it was like the classic everybody's judging you whatever um it was just like this pink zip up hoodie wore it all the time and I didn't even like it like I wasn't even like this is cute but I was just like I'm just gonna throw this on my middle school was cold I don't know like mm-hmm. I wore that all the time and then once I moved on from that it was just like band t-shirts
1: and
0: that, that kind of still continues mm-hmm. So, I love day. a band t-shirt
1: right I would have to say my go-to look as a kid I was obsessed with American Girl and like read all of the books played with the dolls I loved American Girl and so American Girl's historical characters they all wore dresses because that's what you did in 1843 or whatever um and so I took it upon myself to be the next American girl and I only wore dresses because mm-hmm. I wanted to be just like American girls. And there was like, you know, in gym class in elementary school, you couldn't wear dresses or skirts, mm-hmm. right? Cause you know, you don't want kids flashing people. I don't know. So I would always like, I love to like trick the gym teacher and she would be like, Mallory, you can't play, you're wearing a dress. And then I'd like pull up my dress and I'd be wearing shorts underneath. It's like, yes, I can, you know, like no one was going to take me away from being an American girl. So I don't know if that's the the look that I would go, go for now as much, but yeah, American girl is my style icon.
0: <laughs> I have like so many props to you for that. I feel like now I have new inspiration to play sports, like wearing dresses and skirts. I'm going to try should. this.
1: Oh my god. I mean it's very a league of their own, you know what I mean? To wear uh, the dress. So I'm all for it. This is now the second podcast episode that I've hyped up a league of their own. So
0: how could you not? It's so good. It's so gay. It deserves a spot here.
1: (laughs) It does. It absolutely does. All right, Daria, have at it.
2: Um, and then my question was just out of I you have multiple instruments you play. I have two. Mallory played an instrument. So my question was um what is your favorite instrument that you play
0: my favorite instrument I play I always have to say I have a soft spot for my viola because it like shares the first like four letters of my name with my instrument so it's like really it's a cute little bonding moment for us um I've been playing viola since I was nine I feel like I've fallen a little out of touch with it because I got to play like I never took private lessons or anything I just played like coming up in my high school like Public school music program, but I like one of the only other queer teachers in my high school was my high school orchestra teacher. And I think he honestly might have been my only high school queer teacher. Um, but I loved orchestra because of that. And I like it was such a safe space for me and like a lot of other kids. So I have a lot of joy with viola. However, I'm most proficient as a guitarist and I like I feel most confident when I have a guitar in my hands. So, it goes both ways, but viola does have like a very soft spot in my heart. I
1: love awesome. that. Awesome. Mallory, what about you? Um, well, I played the trumpet from 5th grade to eighth grade and honestly in retrospect I enjoyed being in band I liked learning an instrument but I think again we're gonna plug middle school again <laughs> I was so caught up in the like oh I want to be cool I want to fit in whatever and like obviously the cool kids weren't in band so I just you know I think very stupidly it was like oh I don't want to continue on with band and I think I have some regrets about that but I did play trumpet and my mom who was very into marching band like all throughout middle school high school college whatever she was the one who was kind of like you need to be in band you need to be in band and was pushing that and so when I finally got to the point where I was like okay I'm not gonna do band in high school I just don't want to do marching band whatever I made a PowerPoint presentation to show to her to explain why I should not have to do band in high school. So anyway, I do <laughs> about that. I think trumpet would be fun to just like bust out, you know, fun party trip. But alas, mm-hmm. I don't have that anymore. How about you, Daria? Um,
2: my, I play two instruments. Um, my favorite is clarinet, just because I'm playing that since I was like, oh my gosh, 10 maybe. Um, I, I don't, again, I don't play it that much anymore, but that that one's probably my favorite. Um, and I'm definitely the best at that. I also play tenor sax and tenor sax is better. Like if you just want to like chill and like play something fun, like clarinet, you can't really just
1: pick up and be like, I'm just going to do a little ditty. And like, I um, I, mean, I think Squidward would beg to differ on that. <laughs> it's all, mm. not candles, <laughs> no, no. no I, I, I think clarinet's very cool. Thanks Matt. I'm
0: team saxophone. Saxophone is like a sexy instrument. Like that's such a, you're so right. It's so easy to just like bust that out. It's so impressive. And it sounds like sweet too like saxophone is a great go-to love
2: it yeah it's like super versatile in the way that like clarinet is beautiful but like if i just like wanted to like sit like my partner plays guitar and like they can just pick that up and like start playing and like whatever like i can't just like pick up my clarinet and like i, th- I don't know i think you can and i think you
1: absolutely should okay
0: makes good proud
1: and uh the like opening act or whatever was like, you know, it was just like two girls up on stage, whatever. And like the one was playing the clarinet. And I was like, dang, this is so good. I'd never seen like clarinet being played in that context. But like I'm all about it. I think you should. Thanks. (laughs) Well, awesome. Violet, it's so great to have you here. Um got lots of questions for you. So we'll just jump right in if that works for you. Uh, Um first things first, and this is definitely a Daria inspired question, but because we're all queer here, we got to know, what is your zodiac sign?
0: Of course you have to know. It's like a gay standard. I don't know. Um, I am a Virgo. Um, I'm a Virgo Cancer Cancer, a Cancer Rising and Cancer Moon. And I feel like it's very important That i include the cancer rising cancer moon because when i say i'm a virgo people are like oh she must be so organized and on top of things and like virgos also like have a little bit of like an unhinged stereotype and like that is true that is in me but i'm also just crying a lot like and i think that's important for everybody to know and understand is that i have two very rich and very heavy cancer placements like right up front there too um but yeah i'm a virgo cancer cancer and that's me
1: I totally respect that (laughs) as somebody who I I don't know that much about all of the things, but I do know that I am a cancer through and through, and I cry all the time. So I love to feel my feelings too.
2: (laughs) I will say it totally makes sense why I'm such a fangirl now, because I'm a Pisces. So I'm a Pisces sun and moon and a Leo rising. Um, But I also cry a lot because I'm a Pisces. And specifically a pisces moon but virgo know. and pisces are sister signs so like opposite so like i know so many virgos in my life that i'm like oh you're amazing and wonderful so this makes sense
0: this makes sense it all works out it's in the stars we were meant to be we were meant to be here today
1: <laughs> i love that well so violet we intro you at the beginning but i want to hear from your perspective like tell us about you tell us about your journey to you know present day who is Violet Stanza and how'd you get here? You can talk about like your um, career as like a musician, like involved in the arts, all that. Or you could just talk about yourself as as you. We'd love to hear about it.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm Violet Stanza. I kind of it's really weird to like talk about myself in a professional setting or like a general setting because I feel like I'm just so multi-hyphenated that I never really know where to start um but music like you had mentioned has always been like a really big guiding part of my life I've always loved music it's been like a solace for me um when I was like first I mean I was like three when I was first getting into music but when I was like in middle school shout out to middle school again. And I realized like I really like I love this. I kinda wanna like pursue this because people are like talking about careers for the first time. I quickly realized there's no like pop star degree. Like you can't go to school to like become Taylor Swift, which was like news to me, really disappointing. Um but the closest thing I could think of was to study musical theater and I was like doing musicals a lot at the time. So I wanted to like keep performing. I wanted to be involved in the arts. So I Finished up high school in Syracuse, New York, snowy upstate. I grew up across the street from a cornfield, like very rural, um, and I like always had dreams of the big city. So I moved to college, where I pursued musical theater, and I also got a degree in communications. Um, and I went to college on LIU or at LIU on Long Island, so very close to New York City. And I kind of like started to get involved in and like have an adjacency to all these like New York art spaces and like all this amazing opportunity and work that's being done here. So, um, as soon as I graduated, I was like, I just, I want to be involved in it all. Like I want to do everything. Um, so I've been in New York for a little less than a year at the time this is being recorded. I think by the, no, 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 no. By the time this is out, I think it'll still be less than a year, but it's coming up on a year since I've like been in New York and been working and doing stuff here. Um, and again, it kind of all centers back to music for me. I started releasing songs independently when I was in college, and um, yeah, I started releasing music when I was in college. I released like th- four songs while I was still in school, and I it kind of all started for me when the pandemic hit because you know we all had all this time on our hands. We were inside, we were looking for stuff to do, and I had always had dreams of like putting out my music and there was all this time. And of course, there was a lot of tragedy that came with the pandemic as well. But for me, it was a bit of an opportunity. Um, So I started doing that in 2020 while I was still in school, like producing my own music and just like teaching myself because I had gotten my degree and was getting my degree in musical theater, but they don't really teach you how to like write and produce songs. So it was a lot of YouTube tutorials there. Um, And kind of flash forward to my senior year of college, I had this song coming out that i was really excited for and i was like researching like how to blow up like how can i get people to listen to this song and everything was like oh you have to post on social media but like specifically post on tiktok because tiktok is the only platform where there's an algorithm outside of like your regular following like your followers normally on instagram they'll if they follow you they'll see you if nobody follows you they're not going to see you Whereas TikTok, like nobody can follow you, but your video can blow up because of their algorithm. And like, ta-da, you you blew up. So I started posting more on TikTok to promote this song and it was going pretty well, but I was quickly running out of content ideas to promote the song and nothing was like going crazy viral, but I was like getting a little bit of traction. However, I was like, okay, well, I just have to kind of keep posting so that I keep getting this traction. And that's kind of when I started to make like Get Ready With Me's and more like fashion-forward content. Um, I became really interested in my own fashion as like a means of self-expression as I started to transition, which also happened in 2020, also during the pandemic, when I had all that time on my hands. And I was like, hmm, let me me figure some things out right now. Um, So that was like kind of translated into my social media Thing And that was what really started to take off for me in terms of social media content was my fashion content, which is never what I would expect to be doing, never anything that I thought, like, if you had told me a year ago, two years ago, even, I I like never, ever, ever would have anticipated that like I make fashion content online as like a primary source of income for me, like that blows my mind still that I can say that, Um, but it is a lot of what I do. So the song came out and the song like did okay, but then like my fashion stuff just like did even better. So I've been rolling with that, as well as continuing to work on new music, as well as working as a music director in New York, as well as getting into acting jobs, as well as modeling. I I know that was like all in my intro, but that's true. That's just kind of what I'm up to. Um, It's very interesting to be here because it almost feels like haphazard in terms of like all these opportunities. They just kind of like come and go and you, I'm really lucky to get the ones I do. And then like some of them just go by so quickly because it's a big city and there's a lot going on. So I'm still, I feel like dipping my toe into the water at times in certain spaces. And um, I'm excited to see kind of like what the future holds in all of these artistic worlds. But yeah, that's a little bit about myself and where we're currently at.
1: That is amazing. Thank you for, for sharing all that. It was kind of fun to learn like your journey to, you know, social media stardom as well too and i think like i'm glad you're able to use this as an opportunity to plug your music too because we'll we'll definitely have you give a shout out at the end of like how people can follow you how people can find you so i think it's it's cool to be able to see like all facets of the stuff you create
2: yeah and i will say now you get to say that you have dipped your toe into podcasting in ohio exactly so-
0: what a niche market yeah i will i will be putting that front and center i think this is this is a new favorite credit for me
1: we we just have to know so as we were planning this episode we were curious did you make a get ready with me video for being unspeaking speaking queerly
0: i did not i did not and i'm so sorry to be fair it's 10 in the morning and that is early for me my get ready with me's. i normally film them at like two in the afternoon because I know, you wouldn't expect it. <laughs> I love to sleep in, first and foremost. Um, but also, it's like, I I have, like, all these little morning routines I like to do and just, like, get my life organized where I'm, like, answering emails in the morning and I'm doing all these other things, like making breakfast, feeding my cat. And I'm, like, I'm not really worried about, like, putting on a full face of makeup. Um, but I, I did put on a full face of makeup for the podcast, though. I just didn't, like, make a video about it. <laughs> um, but then, like, I will get... Like at 2 or 3 p.m., I'll be like, okay, well, I'm doing like this tonight or like I just have to make content today or I'm feeling a little lazy. So now we're gonna put the glitz and glam together and we're gonna have some fun styling an outfit. But yeah, it normally happens later in the day for me. And this was early for me, you guys. Like I just didn't have the chance to get a whole, it takes me about an hour to film a Get Ready With Me. Um, they're, they're only about like generally a minute is more they come in. But it takes me an hour between like styling the outfit, putting it together, doing the makeup, editing the video, and then posting it on three different platforms. It takes me like an hour, an hour to two hours to do all of that. And I was like, if I have to be on this podcast ready to go at 10, I would have to get about like six to do this like get ready with me and then I was I was in the club last night and I was it was I didn't get home until like three and I didn't go to bed until like five so like I won't lie to you folks, the get ready with me was not happening this morning, but maybe it'll happen later today. <laughs> That's
1: okay. We we appreciate you rolling out of bed for a for little old us here in Ohio. Wow. Yes.
2: And I will say, I feel like just the ways of life in New York City, specifically in Ohio are extremely different. And then also the way that Mallory exists in the world is completely different. <laughs> Mallory gets up at like what? 5.45? Five, five, to go swimming at like what? six 545 yeah like
0: early like could it be like that's just the world of mallory that is so admirable yeah no like quite literally you Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's that is ridiculous of us good for you though that's like really incredible i love getting up early when i can my life rarely allows for it is what i've found but it's it's a i love a morning mornings are lovely
1: (laughs) they are they are well, I just know, you know, no offenses taken that you did not make it here. We're just happy to have you here. So, Thank you. um, so I'm going to try, I'm going to see if I can articulate this question well, because there were a lot of themes that were coming up for me as you were telling your bio. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of it is like I never expected to see myself going in this direction. And I never expected to be, you know, a fashion influencer, you know what I mean? If you had told me last year, you know, that kind of thing. And then, thinking about your coming out experience and your journey to like you know being your authentic self and kind of doing that publicly it seems you know like being such a like front facing person like i imagine there's a lot of imposter syndrome that goes on with that and like you know imposter syndrome maybe about the content you're creating but also just about your identity too and this is something that came up on an earlier episode where we were talking about like feeling the need to have this, this definitive answer when people ask like who are you? What's your name? What's your pronouns? How do you identify? And like, whatever you say today, that's your answer forever. Like you're introducing yourself and then to be doing that so publicly. And like, I mean, uh, not a lot of time has passed since 2020, right? Like it's been three years, but also that's not that much. So like kind of talk us through like your, your journey to like, I guess your identity and like how that's been doing it so publicly as well. I hope that made sense. Makes yeah, sense yeah. to them
0: and your answer. Imposter syndrome, yes, it is something I struggle with. Um, I feel like I see it in almost all of my peers in like all of the different fields we are in. It, it kind of creeps its way in no matter what. However, doing like something so public like social media, I feel like it's there ever presently. Um, so here's what I will say kind of about like the intersection of like my transition and then like social media and doing it so publicly. Um, i was really lucky that i didn't blow up until after i had started transitioning i feel like i look at content creators like dylan mulvaney um jory who's aka alluring skull has like two million followers and these are people who like had a lot of following either like as they were transitioning or like got the following and then decided to transition and i can't imagine like having to come out in that way on that large of a platform like when i came out on social media i had like two thousand followers which was mostly just friends and family and peers from like school so it wasn't anything that intense for me to have to like come out um however i will say like as i've since garnered a following or whatever you want to call it um i definitely like since I have garnered a following, um, it's definitely been kind of like an ongoing thing where anytime I'm questioning things, sexu- like sexuality-wise, gender-wise, whatever it might be, I'm like, I would have to put this, like if I were to make this a f- forward-facing part of my identity, I would be on such a large scale, which is really scary at times. And that's, I think, where some of the imposter syndrome can start to creep in there. Um, yeah, I, I do like in my personal life, I always like to hold space for the fact that like my identity is ever changing and ever growing. I'm learning new things about myself every single day. I always like to say that I think probably like in 10, 15 years, I wouldn't be surprised if I turned around and like dropped neo pronouns. Like, I just feel like there's always the space to grow and know myself better. Um, however, when I like put that outside of the personal life and in the context of like oh there's 600 000 people who like might have something to say about the fact that i you know this is a part of how i identify now or whatever it might be like even little things like identifying like as part of the lesbian community and like the backlash that like some trans femmes get for saying that kind of stuff like that like really is stuff that I overthink when I'm like going to make a TikTok because I might make a a comment about like the lesbian community offhandedly in a get ready with me and then suddenly I have like 30 comments like telling me that, that I'm a terrible person for saying that like and that I don't belong as part of that community I have other comments that are like oh like you're a lesbian that's so amazing like come join the fun um but it's crazy that like there is always that much scrutiny when you have that much of a platform so it does kind of like offer a little bit of a difficulty when it comes to identity. However, like I said, I'm lucky that like, I am so confident and grounded in the fact that I am trans and that I am a woman, at least for right now. I don't see any time in the near future, at least, that that is ever gonna change. And if it does, great great for them, great for Violet in the future. But like, for right now, I'm like, this is so who I am, like intrinsically, I don't really, feel shy or back away from like that part of my identity online or in my personal life, but it's the other like nuances of my identity that come up as I'm navigating like social spaces, as I'm like learning new things about the specificities of like how you can identify your gender that are kind of a little daunting. And yes, there is that imposter syndrome that comes in when I start to think about those in terms of my social media and how I might like have to address them. them.
1: Yeah thank you thank you so much for for sharing all that i think it's really helpful because we, we've talked about that too like both with your following and dylan Mulvaney's, like all these people who um you know a lot of folks follow and have enjoyed following you know your journey their journey like just it you're seen as a role model right but then i also think it can create a lot of imposter syndrome for your followers too because we're like well you know you know for trans youth who are watching it's like okay maybe they don't have the ability to just like put on this full face of makeup and put on the dresses that they want to wear or whatever. Like maybe they don't have access to like, you know, safer spaces or to a welcoming community and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, you see these influencers and it's like, you're a beacon for what, you know, some people want to be and how they want to live. And then like, there's still that barrier to being able to attain that. So I think it's helpful for folks to like hear kind of you say like, no, I have imposter syndrome too. And like, you know, we're all just trying to figure (laughs) it out together, you know? Well,
2: and I definitely think that, like, yeah, I think as our our youth are navigating, like, whatever it may be, whether it's, like, gender identity or sexual orientation, there's a lot of, like, I, I need to figure it out. Like, I need to know. Because that's, like, everyone in society wants to put somebody in a box and, like, leave it at that. And so, like, they need, like, the affirmation. And I think from hearing it from someone who they might be following on social media, like, This is what i identify right now and i'm so set in that and totally grounded in that and if that ever changes that's awesome and that's fine and like normalizing that i think is super super
0: yeah absolutely like i you know i don't ever see myself detransitioning but if i'm a 60 year old and it's what life is telling me to do then like maybe i'll detransition one day but that's not what i have to worry about right now Um, And I think, like, rushing to get to those conclusions only just, like, adds to the confusion. I, like, remember being a high schooler, and that was when I was, like, really confused because I had a lot of internalized transphobia, and I really couldn't, like, understand or wrap my head around how effeminate I was. I was, like, why do I love being so feminine? Why do I love makeup? Why do I, like, have to shave my legs before I put shorts on? but I can't be trans. I was like, there's no way that these things I'm feeling are being trans. So I must be bi or like, I'm I'm just queer or like maybe I'm a gay man, but uh, I kind of like women. So I was just like really confused. Um, and I was trying to like rush to all these conclusions and it was just kind of like making me miserable. Of course, like coming out as trans as in realizing and like taking those steps to unpack that internalized transphobia has been the most helpful thing for me. But like, again, things are subject to change. So, um, I'm happy right now and definitely have more patience with myself right now in terms of my identity than I did like as a bi, cis man, high schooler that I was, um, which I'm very grateful for, but if it changes, it changes. We're kind of just rolling with the punches here. The punches here. Right. I
1: yeah. That. That's awesome. I, I think like one thing that I think is so incredible and doesn't get nearly as much hype as it should is how like cis straight people can go their entire lives not really having to question who they are and like just the depth of queer and trans folks existence that you get to do all that self self self-reflection just like diving into like Who am I? Why doesn't this feel right? Why does this feel right? Like I can try on these different identities. And it's not to say that cis straight people can't do that, but they typically don't because there's no reason for them to necessarily. And just like the depth of like, you know, being able to like explore who you are and like what you like and how you identify, I just think is so incredible. And just like so many, like, like I think about your art, you know what I mean? And like, there's so much more depth that can go into your art because of all of this self-reflection that maybe somebody who didn't have that, like you you can hear it in your music, you can hear it in like the way you talk on camera and stuff too, that like that authenticity just wouldn't be there otherwise. So I I think like, we just have to give a moment of celebration for that too. And like, that's a form of queer joy, even though like uh, that self, you know, discovery as a high schooler was probably very difficult. I think just seeing where you come out on the other side and where you'll come out on the other side when you're 60, like things like that, like you're a much deeper and richer person, I think. Yeah,
0: totally agree. No, there was like a huge jump. You mentioned like how, how like identity kind of like plays into art. There was a huge leap for me, like as I was coming out as trans in my songwriting and in like just like my whole artistic expression, like my personal expression in terms of like what I was wearing, my makeup, etc., which is artistic, um, that like leaps and bounds different. That was like opening the floodgates. And then I had been writing and working on music for a while, but like even still, it was like oh my gosh, I can like experiment with like all these different themes in my music. I don't have to write love songs exclusively. I mean, I still do, and I love them, but like there's just like a depth of of genre to explore and i so much of it has to do with like coming into terms with my queer identity so yeah it's really it's really special to know yourself as a queer person and continue to know yourself for sure sure. i love that and mal you mentioned some some of that like being queer
2: joy just like deeply you know understanding yourself so i want to ask ask you Violet, Um, have there been like any moments of queer joy specifically that you've experienced recently that you wanted to talk a little bit about?
0: Yeah I mean I think queer joy for me is like an everyday thing like personally I I think I, I experience a lot of queer joy with my partner who is asleep in the next room um last I checked on him but um, I'm dating a wonderful, wonderful transmasculine person, and we've been together for going on four years, which is crazy to say that at like t- age twenty-two. But we found each other both pre-transition and have transitioned throughout the course of our relationship, which to me is just like a, the most special thing to like have this person that I know so intimately and like has space for me to like I know will love me no matter what. So yeah, there's a lot of queer joy just like in navigating our lives together because now we're like adults together for the first time. And like, that can be really scary and daunting, but also like we get to make each other breakfast. So it's really like, I I really treasure those moments of queer joy. And I think they are kind of like everyday experiences for me. Um, And then like, in terms of like broader queer joy experiences, I will shout out two events here in Brooklyn that I think are like, Two of the most epitome of queer joy things that I, I love to go to and be involved in. Uh there is an all-trans open mic every Tuesday night at Metropolitan Bar. Um and except for the third Tuesday of the month. Um, but it's such an amazing space of queer joy. I mean, there is also like camaraderie and commiserating because it's an open mic. So you're making art and sometimes the art comes from some of the traumatic experiences of being queer. However, I think it's joyous to have this like space where we can gather as trans people and just show each other art that we're working on, whether it's, and it's such a diverse like group of artists. It's like, yes, there's musicians, but there's like poets. There's people who are like, I want to teach you how to tie a knot today because that's like the the thing that I want to do. There's like stand up comedians. Um, so that to me is really, really, there's drag artists. Oh gotta shout out the drag artist. um that to me is really special i always get queer joy whenever i get to go there um and i'm trying to go more often um but i just like i had to give them a shout out i love the people at gender experts and then last night i came from the reason i was out so late i was at body hack which is um also an all-trans event but it's more of just kind of like uh, clubbing, but also like it's it's like nightlife, but like also they were playing, like, they had a smash tournament last night. Like it's just like a community event where people just like get to come together, and it's again mostly trans people. Um, neither of these spaces are like trans exclusive. Like if you're cis and you want to come and just like be there politely and respectfully, you're more than welcome to. However, it is just like this wonderful gathering of trans folks. I see a lot of the people that like I know in my community here. Um, I get to like dance i get to like watch people play smash like um that's always really fun and there's like so many events like that here in new york there is such a broad trans community i will say also like specifically in brooklyn i have found there is a really rich trans community here that i feel like so humbled every day to get to be a part of and so lucky um and i find immense trans joy from that community because i think community and queer joy like they, they come together so so well. I think neither could exist without the other. Yeah. yeah, absolutely.
2: That is so awesome. And actually, yeah, since you mentioned that open mic, we actually, um, in Columbus, they, a uh, queer open mic just like started. I used to go to open mic night poetry at this place called Cafe Kerouac and then that ended and then queer people revamped it. And now it's a queer open mic, which is super cool. And that's on Thursdays, so yeah. yeah. And that is such a place of queer joy like genuinely so that's super awesome that that
1: can happen in new york and can happen in uh, columbus ohio yeah
0: hell yeah it's it's cool
1: i think and and i think too like i love how um you help create community online as well because certainly there's probably plenty of people who don't live in like a metropolitan area whether that metropolitan area is columbus ohio or brooklyn new york you know and i think Mm -hmm. being able to find folks like you online definitely helps like create some sort of digital version of that community. And and that's not to say that that's a full on replacement for queer community in person. Um, but like during the pandemic, things like that, like, it's just invaluable to be able to have those spaces. So um, yeah. And, and I think too, like, you know, being able to um, create your own community too, because like, you know, kind of like you were just touching on like, in some places, these events exist. And if they don't, like figure out how you can create your own, you know what I mean? And like, whether that is through an online presence or just starting up like, hey, there's a few of us who wanna do open mic nights, talk to this coffee shop, like, let's see if we can make this happen, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think like that goes for in-person and online, like you're saying, like my queer community when I was like in high school was literally one other person because they were the only other queer person I had. Oh, and that orchestra teacher love Mr. Mendez, Um, but they were like the only two queer people that like were really, as far as I knew, like in a 10 mile radius for me. So I, you know, that was a small community, but there was still a lot of reward in that. And then in the pandemic, as you mentioned, we were all like going online. That's when I really started to come into more thoroughly my queer identity and that was entirely because of like other trans content creators trans podcasts like other trans musicians all of these like media content people um who had communities and platforms online like i remember it's ironic for me that like i'm now like technically a part of that but like i remember being on the other side of it and being like i can't believe they're doing that and like there's like a whole chat room full of trans people like I'm not the only one who thinks these things sometimes. That's crazy. Um, So there's so much, even though it is online and like, you know, as now at age 22, who is someone who's so lucky to be living like in a metropolitan area um, that has queer community. Like I do really value that in person, but like you said, like, I think it is almost just as, if not more important to have queer community online because of the accessibility of it. Um, Because I think like, when i think about trans kids like myself in the country who live in rural areas who don't have access to like these resources to these other people in person who might not know a single other trans person and be trans themselves like i think having those spaces online is so important for those reasons and for those people I mean, i'm lucky to foster my own community to an extent and like sometimes my comment sections get a little bit dicey and i don't like to spend too much time looking through them because it can be really triggering at times. However, a lot of, there is always actually vast majority love, which I'm really thankful for. Um, So I do love to go and like peruse and see like people even like helping each other in my comment section. Like somebody put something on one of my recent videos that was like, I'm trans and I don't know how to come out. And I see a lot of people like commenting that type of stuff on my videos or like DMing me and messaging me that type of stuff. And like the volume of it gets to a point where I can't answer every single individual person, which is why I try to like make content about broader strokes things or like put resources out on my streaming channels that like can get people the help they need. But like when I see an individual like that, sometimes they'll have like other people respond to them and be like, here's what I did. And like, these are other things that like you can do to like look into and that is so special to me that that is like happening just like in the comment section on my video, like it brings me so much joy to see that. And I'm, I hope at least that it's like bringing those people who are making those comments joy as well.
1: Yeah, I love that. I didn't even think about how like other people would then jump in on the comments and like provide their input as well.
2: Yeah, and that's super awesome. That actually kind of tied into a different question that we had about like your approach to representation and inclusion in your content. But you kind of just explained that with like, you get dozens and dozens of these messages and like one person does not have the capacity to like respond to hundreds of thousands of like DMs, but then to like turn around and be like, I see a need in my community or like in my followers and like making that kind of content. So that's super awesome.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Like it's, it's gotten to this point where volume of people who need help is unfortunately larger than I can individually tailor myself to. And also I don't like to be on my phone that much. um. So I, I can't really like go through and answer everybody's DM and answer everybody's comment and give them like a whole tailored thing about what to do. I try to like from time to time when I see something that like, really resonates with me or just like I have the time in my day and I'm like going through and answering some comments, but, um, it doesn't get to happen for me that often. So instead I'm like, well, I have these people here. Like, it's so obvious that there is a need. They are literally telling me that there is a need for these resources or these things. Um, so I'm going to put like a video out. That's like, here's resources that you can have like for coming out. Here's like how I came out. Here's like, how I got on HRT and like all these other things and other creators even that I'll shout out that are like these people can help give you answers to some of these questions as well. Because again, I can't really go through and like hold your hand individually as much as I would love to, but I can at least like give you some broader stroke steps. And if I get the time to, I would love to like put a few hard emojis next to your comment next time I get on to it. Sorry if it doesn't always happen. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well if you did have
1: advice that you could give to queer youth, trans youth, um, somebody maybe not that much younger than you are right now, but you know, you could take inspiration from questions you've received or just what advice do you have with somebody who is young, queer and trans and trying to figure out their identity?
0: I would say right now specifically, like whenever I think of queer and trans youth, I think just like stay strong. Like, cause I, when I was a queer and trans youth, like as a teenager in high school, questioning my identity, figuring things out, being queer and trans wasn't as much in the news. It wasn't as much, and like for better or for worse, like there was you know, euphoria where I could actually like see a trans woman on screen who wasn't like being ridiculed and be like, oh, that's cool. But there also wasn't like 400 anti-trans laws being. Put it on my head and make me scared of like being my who I was. So when I think of queer and trans I like my heart just goes out to them. I think like be strong. And then back to like an earlier point we were talking about, be strong and be patient because you don't have to have all of those answers right now. I and mean, I know it feels like you do. I know at 18, like you're suddenly an adult. So you feel like you got to have it all figured out. Like I'm 22 and I don't have any of it figured out yet. And that is okay. Um, having like that space for your identity to. And learn more about yourself. I think that is one of the most important things we can do for ourselves as queer people. And then to just like have each other find those sources of queer joy in your life, whether they're individual or like through other people, through people online, through that one high school teacher who plays the Viola really well that you love, like whoever it is, whatever it is, like find the queer joy. Love and hold on to the queer joy. Be patient with yourself and stay strong as an individual and as a community because I know it's tough out there right now, so stay strong. I
1: think that's perfect. Yeah. I mean, that's really solid advice and thank you for, you know, using this platform as well and your own personal platform to help spread that message and be a source of queer and trans joy for a of people. Just, I mean, clearly hundreds of thousands of people, but.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And with that, um, I also just want to ask, as important as it is, for all of these young people to find their queer joy and find their community. Um, There are still like 400 anti-LGBT laws that are occurring and that even if they haven't passed, like still cause a lot of like um, uh, negative emotions, fear. um, A lot of our youth come in like feeling unsafe and confused and concerned. Um, So I just wanna ask you as a queer person Um, What are some steps that you're taking to practice self-care during this time as an influencer um, and being on social media, but then also just as like a queer person trying to exist in a world that is not looking too hot right now?
0: Yeah, totally. Self-care, man. Self-care is such an interesting like buzzword for me at this stage in my life because, you know, I've always practiced self-care. I've always found these like sources of escape and reprieve from my life as we all literally have to to cope with being alive um but again not to bring it back to my social media following but like as an influencer self-care has kind of taken on like this whole other thing because i broadcast a lot of my life and i have struggled a lot in my past and in more recent times as well with like the toxicity of having to have all these perfect self-care routines. And I think nowhere is that highlighted more than in the influencer space, than like you have to exercise and journal and eat right and like all of these other things. And that can be so triggering for like an eating disorder, which I've struggled with in the past. I'm not gonna get into that on the podcast, but like it's just, it's there are these really real kind of toxic things that kind of come with self care for me specifically at this point in my life like as an influencer so when i think of self-care i like to think of it less as like the specific routines i'm building and more of like the little sources of joy in my life so again i'll shout out my partner who i feel like we have a lot of self-care just like in our relationship together we like i said we love to cook together we like spend quality t- quality time with each other that like is also enriching our lives, which is really nice. Um, I love my cat. Spending time with my cat is like one of the best self-care things I can ever imagine. She sleeps on my lap every night. Like it's the most wonderful thing to wake up to every morning. Um, when I think about self-care, I do, I know I just like said, you know, don't build, I'm not gonna hyper fixate on like building these super nitty gritty routines. I do like to journal, however. Um, I find that like getting my head can be really crowded sometimes. So getting my thoughts onto pen and paper can be really, really lovely. And again, not to hyper fixate on like, you know, toxic self-care routines and like comparison. However, I think exercise is really fun. <laughs> um, I don't have a gym membership. I don't do anything regimented. However, like I grew up playing sports so thoroughly. I was such a sports kid. And, you know, I know for queer and trans, youth today like those are the things that are among others like being debated and taken away from us so i find so much joy like as a trans person reclaiming them and being like "But i love to move my body and i love to just like the feeling of running and like that I like to say like running is as close as I'll I'll ever get to flying and gosh, darn it. I would love to fly. So it's so fun to run. Like, and especially like as a woman, as a trans person and be like, I am in my body and I am like off the ground right now. Like, that's so fun. Um, So whether it's like a rec sport or if you do like to go to the gym or you just like to go on a good walk, love a walk. I love a hike. Um, And then I was a competitive mountain biker for like, 5 years. So I really like to mountain bike. Um but that's yeah, those are just some of the little things that are kind of in my arsenal of self-care, but I never like to limit what that is because self-care could be anything.
1: I am so obsessed with that. I'm now trying to picture you bringing mountain biking into your life in Brooklyn, New York and what that would look like, you know. Probably a little bit more risky instead of dodging like rocks, you're probably
0: dodging, I don't know, crazy drivers, but Yes. It is quite literally that. It is like, I, you know, most people in New York when they have, they have bikes, it's like these like road bikes that have like the skinny tires and they're not really equipped for like off-roading or whatever. And I have, it's actually right here. I can show folks in the podcast. This is my mountain bike um, right there. And um, I will ride that around New York. And it has like these fat tires so i can just hop on and off of curbs and i can like go down staircases and it's really really fun and it gets me around really quickly and i like to get my exercise in with it so yeah it's it's a good time i am obsessed with that i'm I
1: learning so much i know you, you're so uh well-rounded in all the things that you do and your interests and stuff yeah. but yeah i'm picturing you in one of your like get ready with me outfits with like full makeup and like in this like big old mountain bike navigating the streets of New York. This is a really good visual. Don't correct me yeah. if I'm wrong with that. That's...
0: No, like, that is actually a thousand percent accurate. Like, I will be wearing maybe not like a full, like, dress all the time, but like a full face of makeup and cruising these streets. Like, it is, it is a vibe. I, I should.
1: love that so much. Well, I think that is like the perfect way to to end this episode with just that vision in everyone's mind. Like, total, like, superwoman. I'm here for it. Um, well, Violet, thank you so much for taking the time early in your day uh to be with us here on Speaking Queerly. I know that we enjoyed talking to you and I'm sure all of the listeners are gonna enjoy hearing all of the insight that you have to to provide. So thank you for the joy you bring to this world. Yeah. And thank you so much for um
2: just like appeasing my fangirling. Um because this was a whole like, oh okay, if we could get Violet Sands on the podcast, that'd be awesome. And now all of my dreams are come true and like this was like my final goal. So I don't even. This dare. is the peak of my career. Right
0: yeah, Darius
1: is going to retire.
0: <laughs> ah, don't retire. You're doing such important work. You have to keep going. Like I, when we just had a, like a, we met briefly on Wednesday to kind of like go over things for the podcast, and I like I left that conversation feeling so inspired and uplifted hearing about all of the amazing things you're doing for queer and trans youth. So thank you for thinking me, but like gratitude to you all as well for all of the work you do. I think it is so special and wonderful and really important right now so thank you for having me this was a blast and a half like we said it would be
1: you heard it here first folks well thank you so much violet and one last thing if people want to get a hold of you or like follow you what are your social media handles where can people find your music things like that just give a quick self shout out
0: yeah sure um So you can find me anywhere on the internet at Violet Stanza. That is my handle pretty much on all platforms. Violet spelled like the color, Stanza spelled like a paragraph in a poem. Um, I have four songs out right now. You should definitely go check them out. Maybe by the time this podcast is out, there'll be a fifth. If not, there'll be a fifth, probably shortly after this podcast is released. So please keep a lookout for that. And uh, yeah, otherwise, I'll just be putting on fun outfits in the meantime. So you can watch me do that as well.
1: Awesome. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Violet.
0: We hope to talk to you soon. Yes, me as well.
1: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Speaking Queerly. Um, if you liked what you heard and you want to see more content from KYC, please feel free to follow us on social media. We're at KYC Ohio on all social media platforms. And if you really liked what you listened to and you want to help support the podcast and other services that we're able to provide here at KYC, um, please go to kycohio.org slash donate. You can make a one-time do- donation or you could join our unity circle and make monthly contributions that will help us provide um, you know, drop-in center programming here at the center, housing resources, behavioral health and community-based wellness supports, education, outreach, and tools and trainings like this podcast. Um, and if you have any questions and uh, topics you want us to talk about here on Speaking Clearly, send me an email to mallory at kycohio.org. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And
2: now that you just finished listening to this podcast, if you're on Apple Music or if you're on um, Spotify, just hop on over to Violet's stuff. I have all of her music liked and saved on my Spotify, so feel
1: free to go do the same. Comment, like, like subscribe. Leave us a rating. <laughs> you know the drill. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of Speaking queerly and we can't wait to talk to you again next time. See you soon.